Hello, amazing. You are listening to Reframes, a podcast that brings you little espresso shots of wisdom and ideas to ponder. My name is Matthias Jakobsen. And this is the second episode in a series about reflection. The first episode was just a little update on what has happened in my life since uh, I did a, my, my, the most recent episode before that, more than a year ago. And today I want to go into the question of why reflection is important, uh, why it's uh, powerful, uh, and, and why I think it's something that is um, valuable not just for me, but but for many other people, which is also the my my purpose and reason for uh, doing this this series. And I want to talk about uh, both the kind of reason in the world, but also a more personal reason. So let's take the the world reason first. The way I look at the world uh, is through a framework um, developed in, in IBM research in the 90s called Kinuan. Uh, I'll put a link in the um, in the episode description if you want to, to look it up more. Um, but it's, it's really about looking at the world and, and seeing how is the relationship between cause and effect. So when you're playing a pool, a game of pool, the the relationship between cause and effect is simple and obvious. You know, you hit the white ball with the stick that probably has a real name, but I call it a stick. Uh, you hit the white ball, it bounces into another ball, it can hit the, the edge of the table and bounce back. But all of this is... Um, it can be tricky to, to execute a good shot in pool, but the fundamental physics are... Uh, entirely predictable um, cause and effect. You know the the relationship is obvious or simple. So there are things in the world that behave a little bit like that, um, and and those are easy to to kind of grapple with. But when we put it all together in a in a big world, uh, you have things that behave more in what Kinuan terms complicated. Complicated is when uh, you have lots of um, simple relationships, but they're put together in such an intricate way that at first sight, it's actually not easily decipherable how how it works. Any kind of modern mechanical uh, equipment is uh, is a little bit like that, uh, like an airplane or a car or uh, a computer. It's it works, and, and there are certain things. I mean, you can again, you can you can understand that if you turn the wheel in a car, the, the the steering wheel, then the wheels will turn, and you can make the car turn. But how actually that relationship happens through the 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 column and into the servo motor that helps turn the wheels, like all of that requires a lot of expertise, a lot of knowledge, a lot of understanding uh, to. Um, to really understand that relationship. And then there are things that Canoen calls complex. And that's where you have a, a relationship between cause and effect, where uh, cause can be effect, which again can be a new 
cause for a new effect. So it becomes a feedback loop potentially. Not always, but it can be. And that can make it very hard again to discern what is really going on. And you can have in a, a complex world, in a complex system, uh, you can have very, very unpredictable behavior. The the most intuitive example we, we know, probably all of us, is when you put a microphone uh, that is directly connected to an amplifier and a, and a loudspeaker, you can get this high screeching voice because a little bit of input from the speaker goes into the microphone, goes through the amplifier, comes out of the speaker a little bit louder, back into the microphone a little bit louder, and so on and so forth until the whole thing is, is screaming um, loudly. And the last that Canoen talks about is, is the chaotic, where there is no uh, discernible relationship between um, cause and effect. And obviously the world isn't one of these four, but there are elements and there are ways that we act based on our assumptions on, on what kind of world we're dealing with. Uh, so I would argue that there are a lot of things that for a long time have been uh, highly complex. Uh, take the, the stock market, for example. You know, the interplay between uh, the news and what's going on and politics and what somebody says on Twitter and the stock, stock market and, and sales and, you know, all these things, they feed back to each other. It's not, um, it's not like a machine you can operate. It's a, it's a complex feedback mechanism. And that has been the case for a long time, obviously. However, I think the the reason why it's it's a little bit different now is that even though it you could argue technically that it is complex, we have historically treated it as complicated. If you read the news, if you read um, the Economist or other uh, newspapers that are looking at, at, for example, the stock market or business or recessions or, uh, you know, there's there's always a historical precedent that you can analyze your way and look at and, you know, use that as a least guiding mechanism for uh, what to expect. And so even if the system is, is again, technically speaking, complex, um, it does feel like it behaves in a somewhat orderly manner where, again, historical precedents can be compared and analyzed and contrasted and and, um, and give that kind of comforting sense that uh, it's not entirely unknown territory. Uh, and and that's, that is the, the difference also between uh, the, the, the different, you know, uh, the different ways of looking at the world. It's It's how you act in it and so when you're in a complicated world it's about analysis it's about really having expertise and understanding and when you shift into complex that expertise and understanding doesn't work the same way anymore you're trying to understand the the feedback mechanisms that that are not necessarily apparent at first and so i think that this whole Corona situation, uh, this this global pandemic, and now the countries uh, taking completely unprecedented steps to curb the spread of the virus and, and the infection curve, to flatten the curve, um, has brought us to a territory where it's really really hard to find 
a suitable historical precedent to lean on. Um, there's no real like expertise that can tell us and predict how it's going to play out. We're really watching the the scenario kind of unfold uh, day by day and week by week, uh, and trying to make the most of it. And I think um, I think it can be a little bit of a wake up call for for people that have felt. Um, and, and myself included, you know, lulled into the sense of stability um, of the world we knew, the, at least the illusion of, of stability. And so, being in a in a in a world where it becomes apparent that it is complex, the shift that we need to do in how we act is that we cannot just analyze. We have to actually, um, according to to the the Canoean framework, it, it teaches us that we have to probe the system. So again, if we if we go back to the simple example of the microphone and the speaker, we cannot find out how that works if it's the first time we're encountering a microphone connected to an amplifier and a speaker. If we've never seen that mechanism before, um, we cannot figure out exactly how it will behave um, by just looking at it and trying to analyze it. But we can probe it, we can move around with the microphone and we can detect what's going on. We can notice what's going on. We can see as we get closer, something begins to happen and suddenly it begins screaming and we can pull our hand back and, um, and kind of break the feedback loop. So I think that's the, that's the mindset that we increasingly need to be in when we're kind of navigating these completely unprecedented and novel, uh, novel times. We need to, as individuals, as, as families, as businesses, and, and, as, and as governments, um, to probe the system, but then also, very importantly, watch and observe and, and see what we can infer um, from these little probes that we do. And so that's where we get to reflection and why reflection is so important. Reflection is, is, the, is at least one very, very powerful tool um, to, to take that pause, to look at what has recently happened, to process it, and to uh, try to make sense of it. Again, assuming that we're uh, encountering something for the first time uh, that we're trying to make sense of. So... For me, that's the, the kind of reason in the world, the reason why it matters. It has always mattered, but why it particularly matters that we get good at this uh, now. Because we are facing um, not just a, a complicated challenge, but a, but a complex one. Or I've also heard somebody call it an adaptive challenge, a challenge that keeps changing uh, as we're trying to, to tackle it. So I think that's a good reason why we need reflection. On a personal level, uh, reflection has also been the most perhaps important skill uh, and, and, and habit I've had in the past decade or so of my life. Um, I find that, that taking time to reflect and, and process what's going on for me, uh, even if I'm not good at it always and I have long breaks where I don't do it at all and then I go slightly insane and finally my wife, you know, prods me and, and <laughs> pushes me to sit down and uh, and write a little bit. Um, but it has it has really 
fundamentally helped me live closer uh, to the life that I actually want. And I think the reason is that it, it helps me make little changes by observing myself, observing what's going on and seeing, uh, noticing my own reaction in times. So sometimes, you know, I notice that I'm angry and frustrated and I'm mad at someone, mad at my wife or angry at my kids or, uh, or I'm excited about something and then I get disappointed or whatever it is. And when I notice these things and I can trace the, the causes of it and I can see it with my own eyes written down uh, on, on paper in front of me, I can see also what change I can make. And sometimes it's a change inside myself. Sometimes I realize that I am frustrated with a child, but it's because I have an unrealistic expectation of that child. And so it's not that I need to change my child, I just need to change my expectation and, and thereby I can change my attitude and thereby I don't need to be so frustrated uh, or disappointed. Um, so that I, then I can make an inner change, uh, which, which helps me, um, again, live, live the way that I want to live. And sometimes it's, you know, it's not all that can be solved by resolving tension and frustration inside myself. There are other times where it does take an outside change. And it can be, again, Big things like our decision to move to Copenhagen and upend uh, almost a decade of, of life abroad uh, in in New York City, which still, to me, is the greatest city in the world. Um, but it made sense for us to move. And, and so there was a big outside change, all the way down to tiny little changes. Like, you know, the first week of school closures, I was working from our bedroom, sitting in our bed with my laptop. Um, and that was okay. And then eventually I realized, like, hmm, maybe I could go up on the roof. And that's where I am now. And just last night I was like, oh, why don't I put a table up here since I'm working from here and I'm enjoying it. And so becoming aware of, of the little things and, and then making those changes either internally to my attitude, to my expectations to my beliefs to my values whatever it is noticing changing or making small or big outside changes the the reflection process has really really helped me uh, do that and thereby you know continually uh, improving improving my life so when i'm not reflecting i can definitely see that my quality of life goes down and when i'm unsure about something at least i know that that's the place i try to begin to process and reflect that's why I'm doing this whole uh, new reflection series here on the podcast as a way to introduce the perhaps single most um, useful and meaningful and powerful tool that I have at my disposal and try to make it as widely available um, to as many people that I that I can and who care about who care about it and want to try it. So that's that. And with that, the only thing left to say is thank you for listening to Reframes. My name is Matthias Jakobsen. Have an amazing day. Bye-bye.